Welcome to CII Podcasts. Good afternoon everyone. A very warm welcome to the eminent speakers and all the participants who joined today for a uh, for this exclusive session with Mr. Umang Bedi, co-founder of Earth Innovation and Mr. Manoj Kohli, chairman Unicorn Forum and Country Head South Bank India. This session will uh, focus on the journey of uh, a unicorn become, from becoming a unicorn starting from how to transform an idea to startup and further translate to a unicorn. highlighting different examples of success driving factors and the downsides just to brief you first innovation is an idea that technology can help bridge the digital divide since its inception words uh, has risen to the challenge of serving the omnipotent content needs with its unique artificial intelligence machine learning and deep learning technologies it enables personalized content to be delivered to millions of users based on their consumption preferences Verse Innovation with its family of apps focused on Bharat is well positioned as the largest fastest growing local language AI driven tech content platform. Mr. Umang Bedi has been kind enough to come on this platform with us. Mr. Manoj Kohli would be moderating the session and over to you Manoj sir. Thank you. I am really delighted to be with Umang today. Umang uh, this is a very important forum where you speak with your heart on your journey on what are the ups and downs the personal side uh you know yes we will talk about business we'll talk about future also but it's more about your personal journey how did you cope with ups and downs how did you move from professional life into an entrepreneurial life you know all that tribulations which you may have gone through which nobody else knows and uh, it's very important for young entrepreneurs to listen to you because they'll pick up so many learning from your experiences and your 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 being strong minded you're being a strong uh person during ups and downs so that you have long term sustainability so among that you. is the objective and 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 entrepreneurs like you have come on this platform earlier and been very very open and uh, candid so i'll request you to please be as open as candid as you can be absolutely i i intend to do that i hope there are not too many tweets about candid comments <laughs> but uh i'll i'll try and be as honest upfront uh, no corporate and crazy uh, just be absolutely <laughs> around the absolutely. whole journey absolutely we should be spontaneous because your journey is really marvelous and you've done a fantastic achievement and i want all the young boys and girls who are aspiring to be umang bedi in future to learn from that pick up uh, great insights what to do and maybe what not to do also so that uh, i think they, they they can they can do better in their lives that's the simple no, objective of this on a more serious note i think they will pick up more by being manoj kohli versus umang bedi and you know that <laughs> uh, <laughs> so i think we w- would love for you to keep chiming in as well yeah yeah my 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 journey is actually i will say limited to being a professional yes i am a professional entrepreneur not a entrepreneur per se but you have moved ahead and i will i will compliment you for that into a, being an entrepreneur which is which is far tougher compared to being a professional oh, thank you thank you very much okay fantastic uh, so so one let me start from your childhood uh, when you were a child uh, tell us about your schooling tell us about your college life what kind of thoughts and aspirations you had at that time what did your heart tell you at that time while you were going through education Thank you, Manoj. So, I was born in a middle-class family. Uh, my father uh, worked; for, you know, he was an intellectual, academically well-qualified professional who went to IIT, uh, IIM, and then Harvard Business School, and uh, joined LNT as a trainee, which was his first job, and then left from the board forty-five years later as his last job. um and so the value systems at home were always around uh, education uh studying well being honest having a very high degree of integrity uh and my schooling was in two parts part 1 was bombay up to grade 5 and then 6th to 12th 
my father moved to Hazira, which is a factory that LNT had in the state of Gujarat, uh, which was a completely different learning for me as a child. But I think the first five years was very focused around doing good, being good, being disciplined, uh, being academic. I was fairly academic as well, used to stand first in class all throughout. But I distinctly remember that in when we traveled by a train uh, from Bombay to Surat, when we moved there, uh, and I landed at the station or came out of the station, you know, imagine the length of the station and there is only one billboard. And that billboard has, you know, arms like this in a synchronous fashion. And it said, Nokri Chodo, Vyapar Karo, uh, Rajkumar Silk Mills. I can never forget that. Um, and uh, it was kind of funny because Gujarat was an entrepreneurial state. In fact, in school, to be honest, I was looked down upon when you said, Ki tumare papa service karte. Right. So it was a very interesting six years wherein, you know, though he was doing fairly well and we were, you know, uh, having a lifestyle of any middle class Indian family, but even the household help that came uh, to work for you had a loom in the backyard. Right. Uh, it was a very entrepreneurial city. And so I think being in a small town and getting shaped by those small town values, what I learned were a few things. I think my father taught me hard work, integrity, and cut your coat according to your cloth because he didn't even believe in having a credit card because that you know, came from a system where you didn't have money to pay and that's why you use the credit card, not for convenience. But uh, I think the six years in Surat, you know, going to friends, fathers, factories, learning about diamonds, learning about textiles, had really uh, invigorated that entrepreneur in me, though I was very scared to go against the family system of, you know, getting a job first. Um, but when I went to uh, Pune University for my engineering, I remember for four years, in those four years, I made more money than any kid my age would have, because what I had done was I had a shop floor assembly line to set up PCs and then uh, phones. And I would sell them to the colleges because Pune has so many colleges, everybody needs a computer. In those days, if you wanted to buy, there were only two brands. There was IBM and there was Compaq, uh, if I remember correctly. And they were all above two lakh rupees. I would assemble a computer with parts in about 70,000 and sell it for about 1.25 to 1.5 lakhs. And I remember you know, making thousands of SKUs uh, and selling it uh, fairly successfully. So that gave me a real bug into entrepreneurship. Um, though I must say that what I distinctly learned in college, uh, which really helped me later on in my life was, and this hit me more when I went to Harvard Business School, because you feel when you go there, you know, you made it. But when you realize the company that you're in, uh, you're fairly inferior. So I think three things I learned in that phase, and this was all in the, you know, uh, late 90s. Uh, and there were three phenomena that I saw. One was people and talent. I could not be the best at everything. And I realized that, you know, there is someone who can assemble a computer better than me. There's someone who can do X, Y, Z in terms of numbers better than me. Uh, in fact, there's, there are very few things that I'm really singularly good at. Uh, for most, there are people that are better than me and more qualified than me. So I, I have always learned that it would be a utopian dream if I could assemble a great set of people to work together. The second thing that I saw, and I think you were shaping that industry very early on, was the power of the mobile phone. I remember my girlfriend, now wife, uh, uh, you know, we met in kindergarten, have been together for all 44 years of my existence. But uh, her father gave her a smartphone, uh, not a smartphone, a feature phone, right? So that he could call her and check where she is. Uh, at any given time and those are the 32 rupees to incoming and 16 rupee outgoing days but I so slowly saw how telecom is going to revolutionize the life that roti kapra makan the three basics of life are going to be translated to roti kapra makan or mobile right and I think you were driving that journey and I think the third thing that hit me very early on early 95 when I went to college was the internet just came in um, and if you could visualize what the internet could do, uh, I think that to me was fascinating because it could transform society, it could transform education, healthcare, information, content, services, entertainment, I could go on and on. 
so i think those were my three big learnings but my entire childhood i did not dream of being an industrialist uh initially it was just get a good job and get my father off my back uh because he was so good <laughs> but i always had this dream that can i do something to create impact and value um because i think when you really create impact and value do you do you build a sustainable business um and can you reach millions of people and i think the telecom example along with it being the medium um for everything that it is today and the internet on top of that were my two biggest you know things that i was going to focus on and so i became a java developer and you know started into tech with some large organizations um but that is my journey in school now well, that is fantastic insights and the best thing i lo- love about it is the billboard you saw at surat uh, surat railway station and i think that billboard did change your life get out of what did it say it said nokri chodo vyapar karo vyapar i think let me tell you this billboard should be in all railway stations and all airports of india i'm telling you this lab this is a very powerful message it is uh, second thing you said which is also very important the telecom revolution and i think that revolution did uh, connect indians with the world i think i think that connectivity uh, in each village forget the urban areas was fantastic i think that really is something which changed india and third thing you said was internet connectivity where people could do anything through their internet connectivity and connect the world again so i think india got integrated with the world in a very seamless fashion through telecom and internet both and um, so so with these kind of did you did you have any entrepreneur in your family because your father was a professional did you have an entrepreneur you looked up to in your family or friends so i did not have any entrepreneur in the family it was a very simple middle class family manoj but what happened was that one of my masi's husbands left his job um uh, and started a business uh, which did fairly well in enterprise tech more in terms of software solutions and services and there was a brief period when lnt was taken over by uh, the reliance group i don't know if you remember this uh, way back in the late 80s or early 80s i'm forgetting um and uh you know mr nike who's you know the the current chairman emeritus always ran it uh and we were in very close proximity to him i would always call him nike uncle uh, but i would learn from him and i think he was a professional entrepreneur and then when i saw how he actually gelled very nicely with uh, the reliance group and of course then they parted ways for different reasons but i think those were two or uh, two closest points that i got to observing how an entrepreneur would think and act uh, one with my masi's husband and uh, uh, master and the second is uh, you know uh, mr nike um, just given that you know my father worked for him as a trainee so he was also just a normal manager when we knew him as nike uncle we didn't know him as the chairman of the company uh, but i think that thinking really helped me learn and imbibe a few things around people values uh and how you build a fast paced organization so so these two events were i think uh, what i hear from you or i listen from you are very powerful imprints in your mind yeah uh and and you know when you are young such events do influence your mind very strongly and what to do but still you went ahead and started a professional life yeah after your college so how was how was the how were your jobs i think you you did two or three jobs how did these jobs build you so uh, you know it was very interesting my i got a 1314 rank or something like that in iit entrance exams and my father was very keen that i go to metallurgy because that's the only you know in those days there weren't there were only four iits so i said papa i don't want to do that i want to do electronics computer science and i was getting into into pune university so he was very angry that i went to didn't do iit because to him his son should go to iit so uh what happened immediately that uh, you know most people after their education want to go for higher studies i was like just get a job like just 
you know you, you have to keep your father happy first thing so um, i initially started working with sun microsystems and semantic as an engineer accidentally in 2007 infosys uh, mysore campus hosted india's first ted event um and i was an engineer they had called a few engineers who had built a few innovations now there was no nothing innovative manoj you know this but i had basically built a robo crawler that if i want to search for manoj poli on a feature phone with no internet connectivity i would send it to a short code uh and my robo would crawl the internet and get back information about manoj poli softbank in 160 characters okay um now that's all that i had built Uh, and you guys had built a telecom revolution on uh, USSD, if I remember, around value-added services, right? Ringback tones and all of those things. But when I was showcasing this, I met a gentleman called Scott Cook, uh, who is almost like the unknown father of the Silicon Valley. He's the founder of Intuit, um, and uh, you know, Intuit is a globally well-known software company that builds quick in QuickBooks and TurboTax. Um, so I think that first journey, he invited me over on. to the company uh, to run into its business outside of united states which basically meant uh, everything because it was a 100% us focused company that was a great 3 years of learning i think the first thing that i learned is how to deal with a global boss um, and to my rescue i had to set up an india board and luckily kiran rama bijapurkar dr nachiket mohor and shridhar ayangar decided to come on to it so they were great compatriots and uh, in that journey we launched four new products one was a harvard business school case study for farmers which is more philanthropic two were commercial successes but one was my biggest disaster and the biggest learning that i learned through that lesson i knew it was the wrong thing to do my bosses didn't i was very young very enamored that somebody gave me a ceo title when i was 27 uh, and i did not speak up Uh, in a room where i knew it was the wrong thing to do and then when i was talking to scott he told me among that is an integrity issue and i almost started crying because you know you can question anything about me don't question my integrity but he basically said integrity without compromise means you will speak up and say what's in your mind if you think it's the best thing for the company even if your bosses don't want to hear that your job is to at least speak up so never not speak up because sometimes the bosses don't have the wisdom the wisdom is on the ground uh, where you are so that i think was my single biggest lesson um uh, i then happened to get introduced to shantanu narayan and the adobe team he was building adobe and i joined at a very interesting time when we were 3 billion dollars in revenue and 8 billion in market cap and my father would joke that what do you do because you know photoshop to 50 rupees mein milta hai national market mein uh pirated <laughs> and uh, uh adobe writer to free hai so he's like what do you do uh i could hardly explain to him but what i realized my biggest learning there was sometimes you got to burn the bridge to move forward in life and i think our biggest problem in a high gross margin software business is that you'll never see growth because your software is so pirated but why is it pirated if i came and met manoj kohli today in a party and i said manoj bhai please buy my software it will help your kids in creative education right manoj bhai will say yes chalo i'll buy it right how much does it cost so first if i told him photoshop comes for 3 lakh rupees he'll throw me out of the door this is pagal hai right then where will you go and buy it it's not available freely right uh so you have to make it affordable and you have to make it available in a sachet model which is what i think unilever taught us right with the shampoo strategy and i think the telecom world from postpaid to prepaid the agra summit of airtel i mean there's so many legendary stories that have taught the world the sachet model and i think we needed to apply that to software so we were the first country that shifted the model to a subscription 499 rupees for photoshop and lightroom uh and then you know exploded the business fine in the first year you know anyway we were 0.25% of global revenue so nobody cared us doing it but we added a million subscribers and then shantanu i would say had the guts to do this globally he dropped revenue and eps in the first year 70% but later on in 2 years 8 billion in market cap went to 250 billion in market cap um and india became amongst the top 5 revenue generating markets in the world which is unheard of for a global software company so that was my second learning 
the third learning really came i was very happy in adobe shantanu used to joke that you're the spoiled kid because i was 32 33 and i had 10000 people in the company working for me in india and there were 3000 elsewhere in the world so i had the most resources but it was hard to leave facebook came calling and all through this time i wanted to quit become an entrepreneur that option wasn't there early on in 99 when i passed out because there weren't too many vcs there weren't too much of investment money available but then when a job like facebook came along to run facebook instagram whatsapp uh it was really amazing um uh, there were two sides to facebook the first side was um jo dikhta hai bahar se which is we were a very small market 80 million users when i left it went to 300 million became the largest country in the world the second side was revenue was less than 150 million now it grew to over a billion in under 2 years so that was all the frontal dikhawa on the numbers that looked good inherently inside i was a very unhappy person one because it was almost like a figurative head uh you didn't have the power of engineers to create software you could not do things that were right for this country uh it was a global product that you had to live with you were a go to market person and you were a person who had to face the government if and ever if something went wrong secondly uh i think what i learned in that journey was now a lot of it is public uh, uh whether it is cambridge analytica if you watch the social dilemma on netflix around how the tool is being misused by bad actors in society and you know chances are that you played a part um and that never gave me peace so i'll give you a very simple example um but and this is confidential so i really hope no one tweets this um but i got a call one day from the ceo who's a dear friend of a leading five star hotel brand all of you on this call know that brand I got a call saying there's a guy who's gone live on Facebook saying how to commit suicide from that hotel's name. And when I looked at the live stream, it was disturbing. Uh, the man was fully clothed, he was clearly depressed, he was alcoholic. But he wasn't abusing. He there wasn't any nudity in the video. There wasn't any uh, whatever in the video. Um and he said cut that live stream and I said, "Hey, it's not violating community guidelines." Uh, because community guidelines actually state it has to violate a certain number of things or one of those things for me to shut it down and i didn't shut it down and the next second he got up from the chair that he standing on you know there's a window here he picked up the chair smashed the window and jumped up and i saw that live right um uh, and i and there are multiple incidents but i didn't think i was a good person then i think i was drinking the kool-aid on a system that i didn't really enjoy and when i looked at myself in the mirror uh i had become 140 kilos i was traveling 270 days a year uh manoj you met me in those 140 kilo days if you, uh, i don't know if you remember yeah, i remember i remember yeah you were quite healthy yeah with not you're being very kind i was i was i was <laughs> i was like adnan sami uh and the day i turned 40 the next morning i resigned because i realized that life is too short and you know it i've been lucky for 15 years to be the ceo of intuit in the region then adobe then facebook which is a very public job but i realized one i wanted to know would manoj kohli would mukesh ambani would whoever whoever i had met once would they meet me for umang bibi or were they meeting me for the title that i carried So I don't have a title. That day I renounced titles. Since that day I haven't worn a suit or a shirt with buttons. I wear round collar t-shirts. I've simplified my life. Um and I just am very authentic in terms of who I am. And I basically said I'll never work for anyone ever again and I want to do something on my own. Um because that's what triggered it for me. uh most people get these jobs when they're in their late 40s or early 50s i got them in my 20s 15 years of that was done i didn't want to leave india i was very clear there was too much of buzz in the startup communities and i said i want to be a part of this journey but what is most hard is to renounce that title 
is to you know because we tend to judge ourselves i'm director someone i'm ceo something i'm chairman something but that's not who we are at the end of the day people need to like us and work with us for the people that we are and i think if you can renounce that title money you know fine couple of years you won't take salary and nahi hua theek to you'll get a job wapas na job to kahin nahi ja raha uh no very well very well said among i think uh, last uh, few minutes of what you said is so insightful because very few people have the courage to renounce very few people are bold enough to leave it behind uh, it may not be too value adding as you rightly said but it has so many frills which you fall in love with and and uh, and you get used to the lifestyle and that's the worst thing you get used to the lifestyle and if lifestyle leads to weak health and 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 weakness in your thinking i think that's the worst impact it can have on your future and not only your future maybe your children and all that so so i think uh, i'm so proud of you to have taken this bold call and not many people you may be maybe 5% of the people or less than 5% who will, will take such a call because uh, people get used to it and people just enjoy it forever and um, but but what i liked was that shantanu recognized you and you did this um, magic of unilever of sachet in india <laughs> with with adobe and and you know we in telecom i remember those days i was being nostalgic we did you know i had a project i remember in 2003 or 2 or 3 i don't remember which year which was a pan parag ladi that we want a recharge coupon ladi on every panwala in it correct if there are 10 million panwalas we'll have 10 million panwalas having a a pan parag ladi and a recharge coupon ladi <laughs> i remember <laughs> so those are the days you know <laughs> i know <laughs> i have so days. many stories of those days because my partner <laughs> used to work for airtel as a product manager and often coach who's that viru my partner virendra gupta viru yeah yeah, yeah. so viru attended yeah. the agra summit where you know the whole bunch of strategies he keeps we yeah, keep yeah. hearing you know in our different worlds so 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 i think uh, you're right uh, i think uh, you're bold and i i what i am also very proud is that you took action personally not professionally personally on your weight because weight is the biggest casualty of lifestyle yes and um, and and majority of people can't manage it For example, my weight yeah, has been has been seventy five kg for last forty years, and Your plus minus plus minus maybe half kg, uh, and and it's not easy. It's very difficult. But I see ninety nine percent people really have tough time managing weight, and if you manage it well at that stage, I think it was fantastic. So so I think it's a fantastic message to. many many people were listening to you okay so let's move to the real phase of entrepreneur so then you left uh facebook okay. after a few incidents and all that and then how did this idea come to you so you know it was very interesting uh, biru and i had met couple of years ago and uh, he's a very simple human being he came in a suit to meet me thinking that he's meeting the facebook ceo and i was in a t-shirt and jeans and somehow our friendship struck and what we aligned on because uh two things i saw in my you know thanks to geo uh which made data so cheap one is that the next billion users coming online will be local language users because in india you know 90% of the population does not speak english they will need to consume the internet in a local language um because that's what they speak um the second insight that came was that the global companies of google and facebook while they will always try and serve this audience 
uh, they're not going to be the best platforms to attract local language users because they are built on a social graph. Whereas, you know, TikTok taught the world that don't ask me any question, don't ask me my phone book, don't connect me to friends, just serve me content of what I want, when I want, by the time I want, right? So that's called a content graph in the models of personalization. So uh, ByteDance actually taught the world that and we felt that to serve local language audiences, you can't ask them too many preferences and ask them to do too many things. You've got to really build a content graph. And the third uh, realization for us was, um, why don't we take this journey to build the ByteDance of India uh, to really serve local language audiences? Of course, a little foolish in hindsight 2020 because Google and Facebook still operate here in China, uh, you know, they're banned. Uh, but we started this journey. And I so distinctly remember when we started, um, we said we'll start with an information service which is very, very potent, which was news. Now, Viru had acquired a vast services company called News Hunt, and we decided to Christian it as Daily Hunt to make it a daily use case of news because news is very potent. Uh, but we said three things matter. I think we had to solve five big problems in the early days. One, how do you get capital? Um, two, how do you uh, put points on the board and attract more capital and grow healthily? Uh, three, how do you monetize? Because that's the hardest thing to do for any business uh, and build a profitable business. We're still very old school in our thinking uh, from that lens. Of course, we've driven some very bad behaviors and I'll talk about our bad behaviors as well in a second. But very early on, we said, if we want to build a good platform, let's unleash supply. It all starts with supply. And I, my biggest learning came from my driver who left me. I moved back from Delhi, back to Bangalore, where I'm based always. Uh, he, he was my driver for six months. And it, this, this happened in one week. So my driver left me and he sent me a message to connect on LinkedIn. So I said, yeah, uh, you know, he went to Dubai to, he got a job. I was much higher pay. And I asked him, Ki, yaar, aapne, why didn't you send me a message on Instagram? All youngsters are on Instagram. You're 25 years old. So, you know, he called me. He said, Saab, aap kitna kamal right? Um, and I said, yeah, I kamal it But he said, Man lo, aap ke ek I take you for a drive. I drive. I'm sorry, I'm saying in Hindi. I take you drive to a wedding party in Leela Palace, where there are and everyone's salary is one crore a month. How would you feel? So I said, you know, I'd feel a little out of place. I'd feel a little intimidated. I'd feel a little that these are not my people, these are not my films, right? He said, that's how I feel on Instagram. I feel intimidated because it's all about fancy food, fancy cars, fancy fashion, fancy travel, fancy restaurants, fancy jewelry, fancy everything. There are local content to It's intimidating for me. The three days later, I was flying for the Thai India Internet Summit in Delhi, doing a session with Deep Kalra. And uh, the I was sitting on one Charlie of one C of uh, Indigo Airlines, where this uh, air hostess made this announcement that this flight ki karamchari Hindi, Angrezi, Tamil, Telugu or Nepali bol So when the service was over, I went up to her and I said, why did you say that? So this young 23-year-old kid said that, Umang, so sir, there's a bias in that question. I said, what do you mean by the bias? So she said, the bias you have is people who can't speak English should not be on this flight. Right? She was very direct. Um, and I was like, no, 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 that's not what I meant. I just really wanted to understand. Uh, so she said, why do you think that we say these languages are being spoken on the flight? So I said, maybe to give people comfort. She said, wrong. 65% of my sales happen in local language, right? Because, you know, you the corporate traveler, you asked for one black coffee and almonds, healthy, right? I went down from 140 to 78. She said, the Guju guy who liked my choda took four boxes home for his family. So it is pure economic reasons that, you know, India is the United States of Europe. Every time you pass a state, uh, the culture, the language, everything changes. When you speak to a man in a language that he understands, it maybe goes to his head. But when you speak to him in his language, it goes to his heart. And that kid, along with this young boy, really transformed that young air hostess girl and that young boy driver really transformed my impression on Bharat. And what I realized is that thanks to the internet, you know, three Bharats which we had, top 10 cities, 
the next 4000 tier 2 tier 3 cities and rural that bridge is slowly slowly getting collapsed businesses so today when you look at the 450 500 million secab population that the government cuts by socio economic it's present across all tiers in india when you look at flipkart and amazon sales 70% is happening outside of the top 10 cities right what that is telling you is that there is capacity to afford there is consumption power these goods and services weren't a need weren't available but now the internet is democratizing right so i think if you take those three learnings that the internet will hit a billion people which it is on the journey of at 650 million today but it'll get to a billion in the next 3 4 years if you take the journey that transactions and consumption will happen online and local languages will be at the crux of it we said let's start with news because 1.4 billion indians have an opinion on bollywood politics and cricket right simple hai right so news very well said right so very well said news se chalu karte hain so that's what started the journey but the five problems that we solved was one unleashing good quality content supply so we have now touched 100000 creators of local language content along with the large newspapers and tv channels all we aggregate that content the second challenge was how do you build an ai platform where you can ingest that content and then personalize it for users without asking them questions and third how do you build an advertising tech platform that you can build performance and a brand based advertising on it until then we were doing the business very nicely then when the china app ban happened uh we saw that there's this opportunity to create a tiktok for india and that's where we drove a lot of bad behavior now i'll admit it's bad behavior because we ended up spending a lot of money uh one to build the app two to market it three to you know license all the music content for the server costs and for two years we never monetized it but you know in hindsight 2020 that growth on users and traffic actually helped us attract a lot more capital very high quality capital and of course grow from nothing to being a 5 billion dollar valued company but now we're on this journey to just make things sane again so daily hunt is ever positive on a full basis at 10 points and josh will break even in the next 18 months so i think a lot of self discipline is now being brought in on to doing the basics correctly so we made our mistakes but that's really been some of the at a very high level some of the uh, the timeline so, of that journey past five no months. no that's 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 outstanding learning curve uh because learning curve happens when unlearning happens so you did start with some unlearning of the past then created a space for new learning uh two things i i i like one was to under, to understand the depth of vernacular will give you depth of new business because this is not realized by many people i took atel to 5 and a half lakh villages and may have visited about 50000 villages myself and to to get towers erected and commissioned to open shops to merchandise to have glow signs to have papu one guy work on in the shop and to get diesel in every village in every tower and have chai and samosa with panchayat and all that so <laughs> those kind of experiences are uh, very very deep rooted into this country which very few multinationals have and very few managers have i'll say and they don't want to have because they don't want to go out of urban areas i remember when i used to go to villages my ceos of bangalore hyderabad even kochi uh, chennai and many and they used to say manoj why don't you stay in bangalore for a day rather than go straight from the airport in innova to a village i said but i want to go deep on rural i want to lead rural service i want to go deeper than unilever nestle and other brands fmcg brands which have gone through a long back but generally people have hesitations uh, so that is first i think you 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 picked up the right thing and and uh, the second thing which you said at the end of pnl 
making some mistakes and then finally coming around to pnl orientation cash flow orientation that in telecom at least and we will tell you more about it uh, is ingrained in your head it's embedded actually embedded in your head uh, so i remember just a joke uh, so one day in a elevator in airtel um, there were a couple of youngsters with me and somebody said you know he's 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 had a baby blessed with a baby so i said congratulations very very good news so what's the name he said abitta <laughs> so, so, so I, I i i laughed and i said what do you mean why why do you do, say that he said no manoj in every meeting you talk about abitta so i thought bachche ka bhi naam abitta rakh dete so anyway it was a joke so we, because we were so passionate about it to get positive every circle every so we broke airtel into 55 pnls correct because we wanted every portion of the company every portion of every small business to be profitable and i think that's most critical now of course if one makes mistakes one 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 does learn through all this but faster you learn better it is better it is for you so so both these learnings which you've gone through are very very i will say powerful learnings for all the new entrepreneurs that they have to utilize the vernacular multiple languages of india to the best capability uh, we don't have to focus on english or um, any any other language per se which people don't understand and you know gpa i heard i heard i don't know whether it's true gpa transactions two thirds of transactions are in uh, 3 lakh villages from 3 lakh villages now which is fantastic that means the digital behavior of rural india is is picked up so dramatically in last 3 years which is fantastic and with this smartphones moving up to millions and millions and becoming affordable now i think uh, getting internet to more than a billion people is should, should be possible sooner than later absolutely absolutely no i'm in violent agreement uh, manoj if i could, <laughs> um, with everything that you said i think uh, on a lighter note i think you know viru myself we also have a couple of colleagues who are ex atel uh, and we often talk about just the degree of smarts uh, that existed in atel right and i think the way you guys empowered teams below as pnl leaders almost like creating mini entrepreneurs <laughs> uh, no i think atel was was a very remarkable journey and there were so many virus in that company so smart so high quality team and so much of teamwork because actually companies are made by teamwork and team play companies are not made by individuals they're not made by manoj kohli or viru or xyz they're made by teams of people very smart teams very supportive teams who hold their hand work shoulder to shoulder with each other support each other in ups and downs celebrate with each other dance with each other you know all that and and um, and and they own the company most importantly they own the brand so Absolutely. so 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 that's the culture we had built and viru was of course one of the architects of the culture okay so so let's move on what are your plans for next 5 years so you know the way we think about the next 5 years is in three phases phase 1 is what we call survive um and we feel that the next 12 months is one which the world will see a large amount of uh economical and geopolitical turmoil we're already seeing what's happening with the ukraine russia war we're seeing the energy crisis in europe we're seeing capital market uh you know explosions uh in the wrong way uh on nasdaq in the us we're seeing uh highest rates of inflation and all of that has a downstream impact in this you know overtly connected world so we think that the next 12 months to 16 to 18 months is where we have to put our heads down and just do the brilliant basics right which is cut all the flab cut costs we've been a very empathetic organization towards people um so you know right through covid we never cut a single job um we of course have performance managed a few people out um about 100 and 
but of a 3000 man organization that's business as usual but what we did as a step in this uh, survive stage even though the company is well funded with over 3 years capital in the bank we said we want to prune all things from the top so we've taken pay cuts across the org uh, not impacting people below 10 lakh rupees uh, but you know it was almost irrational manoj because the last 2 years through the pandemic uh people got 15% plus pay hikes compounded year on year which is unheard of in india and so when we asked the team that hey how do we you know uh, curtail our people costs everyone was like hey we are overpaid let's just cut salaries right so we've done those right things by the business by uh keeping uh you know that focus on pnl and ebitda in a very 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 anal fashion the second thing is thrive um and we think that we are getting ourselves geared up to thrive in three ways i'm a big believer in hindu philosophy um and if you believe in the hindu gods and goddesses i think they kind of designed around doing three things well one is you know if you the god of preservation is vishnu and his wife is lakshmi who rewards you and pays the bills if you focus on the present and so a large amount of our focus is on that uh, th- uh that's a wife phase and then of course there is the god of creation that is brahma and his wife is saraswati the goddess of knowledge that helps you create new futures and so almost 30% of our efforts is going into creating a uh, new products and services um also addressing new markets so we launched our first avatar in the middle east region um uh, serving six of the gcc markets with daily hunt uh we're looking at new uh, organic and inorganic avatars for us to expand our business and our target markets and our ways of monetization so we don't want to be dependent on only ads but are looking at subscription as well as um uh, you know commerce based businesses um and i think uh you know if you believe in uh, the power of destruction because what got you here is not going to get you into the future so you have to selectively destroy things from the past and that's where shiva parvati come into play uh and so there are areas of the business that we have killed as well that are not making sense for us to pursue so that's at a more philosophical level but i think if you look at that survive and thrive phase um we're really looking at you know if if you really think about the telco journey of how you expanded from mo- you know first it was landline if you remember then to mobile then to value added services uh then across enterprise services and then data and then data services i think think of what we're doing in that bucket we started with news uh we thought news is really important uh well monetized because it's an educated audience then we moved to uh short form entertainment you know in terms of snackable content that is monetizable with ads but in other ways then we realized that the next billion users who are coming online fine they may not have the highest gdp per capita today but how can i get them online with good content and so we launched an app called public vibe uh which basically is hyper local content jo aapko information deta hai ki aapke mohalle mein kya ho raha hai right forget you know india and pakistan playing a cricket match or ukraine and russia fighting a war but what's happening in the school what's happening in the neighborhood what's happening in covid in the hospital beds in your region a whole bunch of those things right um and so we think that in the next 5 years that audience will evolve when there'll be a good amount of monetization if we can build a couple of 100 million users organically we're not spending money or burning money there and then there are three new initiatives one is around market expansion we think every country can do with a daily hunt equivalent um then there is uh more ways to monetize with subscription and with commerce within news and entertainment and the third is can we do some acquisitions of some good companies uh which are today available at very low valuations just on the strength of a strong balance sheet um so that's the future but we are excited about four five areas one i think India is getting online faster and will start driving more commerce online soon. We think that influencers are coming from tier 2, tier 3, tier 4 cities. Um you know the largest influencer on our platform Faisal Sheikh is at least clearly worth 10 times more than me because he lives in a hotel now in Dubai and he's made so much money he's 26 years old. Uh but he has I think 68 million 58 60 million followers on Josh and 35 million on Instagram and he's bigger than maybe Shahrukh Khan on Instagram right um uh, so there are these young kids 
with talent that is coming across from tier 2 tier 3 india we think there's good they're going to play a huge role uh, in terms of uh, influencers as an economy uh, and then i think what's yet to be seen is how web3 will transform businesses but i think that's another area we continuously look at so those are our uh you know little bit of stargazing into the future experimenting with a few things but uh, at low cost no oh, they are great plans they are great plans because i'm very clear that next 10 years are india's golden ticket totally and that's why it's very important that you build yourself very strong very dominant in your home market before you move out because a domination in home market has to be the first goal for any uh company like yours uh because world is waiting for you yes but only after you really put your stamp of leadership solid leadership here second is that the technology change the technology impact will be imbibed by indians much faster than the world yes that we have seen in last 3 years and you will see much more in next decade next decade the impact of technology on india and indians will be the maybe more than last 100 years so we have to lead i think each the company like yours should lead in technology impact because because the consumer is hungry for it not 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 that he doesn't he or she doesn't want it he wants it so more and more technology you give yes easy massified technology uh the third thing is that the talent pipeline of india's small towns medium towns villages is the best quality pipeline in the world absolutely and there is no other pipeline which is as hungry as passionate and as good in technology and engineering actually so, zohar so, has taught us that right zohar has actually absolutely absolutely yeah. so so i'm saying your world plan the global plan will be built out of this talent which is already there and they will uh, they will they will take you to the world so i feel that you people like you have a fantastic uh decade ahead of you uh you just have to position yourself properly keep your focus not digress <laughs> because it's so easy to digress there's so many good things happening correct so anyway so uh coming to your personal life how do you now that you are uh, 78 you said <laughs> uh how do you balance personal life how do you balance between health family professional pressures you know friends you have how do you maintain a positive attitude positive spirit so i think you know there's a little bit of a cliche here but I firmly believe that you first have to love yourself, uh, and it starts with you. So it, you have to manage yourself before you can think of managing a team, a company, uh, a state, or a country. You know, uh, you have to be able to manage yourself with discipline. And I think uh, for me, I lost all that weight from 140 to 78 in uh, nine months. I've maintained it now for five years, uh, so I'm pretty proud. Um, but for me, it starts with sleep, unless you don't take care of sleep uh, and i think you're smiling you know the importance of that right because whether you're trying <laughs> to lose weight or you're trying to grow muscle your muscle is grown when you sleep not you you actually tear your muscle in a gym right when you're doing weights or whatever activity and then you fuel it with the right nutrition so I, to me i think that balance there is and it's all basic ayurveda it's no rocket science this country has been the originator of all of this so it starts there uh, by having discipline in terms of time the second thing is uh, i think the day work feels like work you should leave it it should feel like a life like it should be your it should be an extension of your life it should be an extension of you so i don't feel like i'm coming to work it i just feel that you know this is who i am right uh, now there are 3000 people within the company you're responsible uh, you know you have to ensure everyone's well being so i think keeping a positive attitude that whatever goes wrong will come up come back up and sometimes there's so much learning in the wrong or what you've done wrong i can tell you that the wrong that we did in terms of burning money growing a business very very quickly actually helped us grow valuation but now that 
time has stopped, it's on on real PLs and Evita. So you quickly get back to doing what you do know well, right? The other piece that I tend to do is keep some time on a Friday afternoon where I don't keep my calendar for any meetings. Um, I keep that afternoon time to think because most of us are so much in this pressure of running and doing. And one famous line that I really like is do not mistake motion for progress, right? Um, because sometimes the most simple things that you need to focus on are one and two that will move the needle. You don't need to do 10 things. So half the time it's about stopping projects and stopping yourself and curtailing yourself. And that needs thinking time. And then I tend to spend, I try and spend as much of the weekend with family and friends on, you know, occasions and meals. But the greatest thing giving me happiness is I've managed to convince both my parents and my in-laws who live in Gurgaon. Uh, and they were friends before my wife and I were born. Uh, and we are all moving from a nuclear family now into a joint family and they're joining me in Bangalore permanently. So that's giving me a lot of happiness because the children, you know, really love them and they adore it either ways. But I think you've got to find stability in one side of your life, right? Whether it is, I think there are three parts to how I look at life. One is self, second is family and friends, third is professional. Um, as long as you have a supportive family, which luckily I'm blessed with, and if you can manage yourself very importantly, I think the third one, business is an outcome. You know, everything is an input variable and an output variable. Business outcomes flow when you have a clearer mind, but that's how I think about it. No, that is that is very very insightful and luckily i also have always endeavored to keep myself stable and my family and close ones stable and that leads to a lot of success you don't have to worry about anything else because your basics are stable and in control uh, good family and i think with your larger family coming together in bangalore i think it's a fantastic news I can, I can wish, I, I, I can see that you will have bigger successes coming because of that. Hopefully. Also, good health is not only uh, exercises or, or eating right, but also good sleep. Yes, I believe in that. And today there's a sleep crisis in the world because youngsters are not sleeping well or not sleeping completely to their need of the body. And I think. So, so I, I, for example, I give very high priority. I sleep in 30 seconds of my head hitting the pillow. And when my wife has to speak with me, she tells me to sit on the sofa, not sit on the bed. So she knows that I'll sleep in 30 seconds. <laughs> so so sleep, is, sleep is crucial. And I think all, all uh, high achievers, all youngsters have to learn this. Because if you don't sleep properly, your next day is in trouble. Uh, you are not productive the next day. So, so, so very, very good learning. Last question for you. One big uh, message for the young entrepreneurs. So I think one, I would say that firstly, congratulations for being an entrepreneur because it's not for the faint hearted. Um, you have to lose all the uh, notions of the kava and the masks that you want. So big congratulations to you for doing that. You have to fly economy and second class in a train when you don't have money. I've done all of that. Um, so big congratulations. I would say two things. One, if you are debating to be an entrepreneur, only do it if that idea keeps you up at night. It has to be so powerful that you just can't sleep. You have to be stirred by that idea and that problem that you want to solve. Uh, and look for a big problem, right? Don't look for a small problem in a small area. Look for a big problem. You may not be having all the answers, but it should be one that excites you and keeps you up at night. The second thing that I would say is the power of attracting the right people, like-minded people, not necessarily the same skills people. In fact, you want people from different areas, right? Um, and you really want to build talent nicely. The third thing that I would say is perseverance. You just have to keep a single-minded focus on what I would say ruthless prioritization on one or two things that you want to get right. Uh, and fourth, I would say along that journey, watch your capital. Uh, very important because you shouldn't cut your coat, uh, not according to your cloth, which is a learning <laughs> that I said my father shared with me. So those are the three, four things that I would share, Manoj. Yeah, fathers are fantastic. You know, I, I lost my father 
and uh, i remember every word he said to me because the father say things which nobody else tells you <laughs> <laughs> anyway uh, one fantastic uh, time with you i'm so grateful to you for your time i think these messages for young entrepreneurs would be uh, very very gratifying uh, i think they would have learned much more than learning over years and years of classes and colleges so thanks a lot on behalf of cii and on behalf of my personal behalf and viru and you and me should get together sometimes we have to manoj and you know either in gurgaon or in bangalore done please let me know when you're here next i'll keep you posted on my travel there and uh, we must catch up i think you were the most gracious host uh, and as i said in the beginning i think people would have learned more from mr manoj kohli than from umang bedi today <laughs> no, uh, no no thank you so much you're being very modest and please say hi to viru i will i will 100% you take care all the best thank you thank you all the best thank you for listening to cii podcasts